Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. As humans, we long for intimacy and partnership, and yet it is such a challenge for many, whether or not you're in an intimate partnership or want to be in one. So today we're going to talk about intimate partnership from a very different perspective and how it can be an opportunity for transformation and awakening. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration so you can begin to clear the distortion patterns around this topic so you can continue to accelerate forward. Let's get started. Dennis? Karen, before we really kind of get into this intimate relationship topic, I'd like to just mention something. You put something out on your website called Deep Dive. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I think that was so profound. Mm. And I think I even mentioned to you that, you know, it's like that's almost a, should be a requirement for anyone, you know, moving into a a deep relationship, a marriage or, you know, anything like that. Because it it was, for me, it was so, so profound as far as, it was very soul searching. It's like, wow, you know, because... Right away, you know, when you say the word relationship, you're out there. Mm -hmm. And boy, that deep dive said, hey, come here. Mm -hmm. Boom. Deep dive starts here. Yeah. And I just, uh, so thank you for that. You're very welcome. Yeah, that was a wonderful series. Yeah. And I would encourage your audience, if they haven't, you know, taken a look, I would highly encourage them to go for it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, intimate relationships, where in the world do we start? I know. What are your thoughts? Well, well, I just want to clarify some things. So the deep dive, just to, for everyone to know, is a three-part series on any particular topic. So in this particular one, it was on intimate partnership. Yeah. So that's what Dennis is referring to. Um, so what are my thoughts? That's a very broad question. Very, very, very broad. So what I'll say is that intimate relationship in our culture is very almost required. It's very odd if people are of a certain age and they're not in one. Like there's a lot of um, judgment around that, I've noticed. Okay, so people who are not in intimate partnership really yearn for one, not only because they're conditioned to think that it's required, but because there's a lot of social pressure um, and religious pressure to be in a couple. A lot of times, people that I see are in, in relationship out of, and I'm not saying all, I'm saying many, because it's comfortable, convenient, they want security often, and or, and or they want children. So those things happen, and um, you know, that is, a, that is okay, I suppose, as a yeah. choice, it depends what you want to experience in your life. So intimate partnership, from its highest perspective, can be something where each individual gains strength individually and then comes together to merge and then it, and then separates as individuals but getting stronger in the process. So that to me is the highest form of intimate relationship where each is strong on their own, merges for a period and then comes apart. The merging usually happens through um, sex usually and then comes apart and each individual is strong on their own. So they're not staying enmeshed in each other out of weakness. 
they're coming together, rising themselves up, raising themselves up, usually like I said through sex, and separating, becoming stronger. So that to me is the highest and best form of intimate partnership where each stands on their own and then helps the other get stronger. So it's a complementing as opposed to a completion of each other. It's a very key difference. Yeah, you know, that sounds good. Yeah. But boy, that is challenging. Can be. And so one of the things is you, you've got these two, you know, individuals mm -hmm. that come together and mm -hmm. develop this. And how, how do you, in a relationship, how do you figure out such that you can grow but allow both of you to grow? And there's no guarantee that you're going to grow at the same rate, at the same level, yeah. at the same time. And yeah. So doesn't that get real challenging as you work with people? You know, you know, maybe this person is here and the other one's here. Yeah. And this person wants to go even higher, mm -hmm. but realizes that, oh mm -hmm. man, I don't know. Can I do this and still keep this relationship? Yeah. So how do, how do you keep that balance in a relationship? Uh, yeah. I'm going to answer that in a way that probably will not make some people happy is um, you don't. So you don't try to to you don't try to control the other person's journey because you can't. So a lot of us try to because we love the other person, we we love them, yeah. we want the best for them, we want them to accelerate. So if we're doing this work and we're really accelerating, we want to take them with us. Okay, we until do. death do us part. That's right, and that's those so are our vows. So that's a contract. That's a vow. That's a vow. Yep, okay. um, and uh, that is an interesting form of binding that has um, that has been brought through culturally and through religion. So it's an interesting vow that people take. Um, from my perspective, the death death doesn't necessarily have to be physical. It can be a death space, meaning a death in who the version that you used to be, and therefore the things have changed. So that's my perspective of it, because sometimes there's a natural completion in who you choose to walk with, who you choose to journey with, who you choose to experience life with. That in itself is a death space because part of you has changed. So everyone's afraid of the word death. It's just a place of, I mean, it is a shedding of, a it's transition a away transition. from, a transition into yeah. something else. Yeah. So yeah. from my perspective, it depends how you see that contract and how you choose to interpret it. Right? We get to choose however we interpret things, and I'm not suggesting you have to adopt my thing. That's my perspective, is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, I would say that it's really difficult for some of my clients um, when one is accelerating and the other one's being dragged. Because what happens is, not everyone wants to come on this journey. It's not, they don't want to, they're yeah. not interested. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's not what they want to do, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. So what happens is, one partner goes up and ascends, and ascends, and ascends, and this person's not changing. What happens is they get dragged. So for a while, they get like yanked along with this other person. And until this person starts to accelerate so fast that this per there's a couple of choices. One is this person wants to, on their own, move up. Okay, They're like, yeah. oh, wow, I, I can see how yeah. you've shifted so much. It's amazing. I want that. Yeah. So I want to go where you're going. So I, right? And then when they start to move, they can move super fast because they've got somebody who's yeah. already in the field that's pulling them up. And sometimes the relationship breaks. Sometimes the relationship breaks, or it stays in stasis, 
And this person continues to go up and it becomes harder and harder for this person because it becomes more and more painful to, for them to be in a relationship where they are spending a lot of time, where there's a, a mastermind group, as, you, as we talked about in a different segment. When you're in relationship, intimate partnership with somebody, a third is created. The mastermind is created. It only takes two to create a mastermind. Yeah. So you are masterminding together and the relationship becomes the third. So what happens is this mastermind starts to get yeah. very crunchy because this one's moving and this one isn't. Yeah. So it's harder for the person who's accelerating to be with somebody who isn't. So they have a choice. They can either be like, okay, um, I'm all right with where you are. I'm totally fine with that. And it's okay because I'm moving on my journey and I surrender to however you are and I can be with you however I am with you and it, it works for me or it might break the relationship. It really depends. And some people value certainty so much and comfort and safety security that they want to stay in that relationship because it's known and there's no um i mean that's a choice it's not it's not a it's not an easy thing yeah. to just be like and i'm gonna chuck this up you know it's not i'm not suggesting it's yep. easy yep. Yep. in any way shape yep. or form yep. and it will cause that person more and more pain to be in that comfort and that safety because their soul and their higher self is accelerating so it's harder for them is all i'm saying so do you, do you feel that as a society, can yeah. we get to the point where if we truly understand what you just said, mm -hmm. that people, you know, have their journey mm -hmm. and they could grow, you know, apart or they could grow together, mm -hmm. but that as a society, we could accept whatever that is. Yes. You know, and yeah. it, it, it brings up the word divorce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has such a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And it's, it can, it's very destructive and whatever. But if we truly get a sense of what is going on mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically, and spiritually, mm -hmm. can we be a little more open and accepting about this? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That it will happen in our in our lifetimes. Um, there's a lot that needs to be done, yeah, worked yeah, through. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot still around. Um, you know, the frequencies of shame and failure and guilt and you know resentment and rage and all that stuff that happens with the um, divorce. Um, it's interesting what happens about the institution of marriage. I think um, you know marriage isn't for everybody. For some, it is really awesome for some. It can be tremendously binding for others. So I, I hope that um, it become, we become more open to different forms of partnership. Mm. Different forms of partnership. Mm. Different forms of intimacy. Different forms of agreement between each other. And you know, it brings up, you know, this, um, there's a growing movement of, um, of people having polyamorous relationships where they're not partnered with one person. So this is happening more and more. And it's an interesting discussion. It's a very charged discussion because people are like, how, how is that possible? It's all about union between the man and the woman or whatever it is that you think things should be. And it's interesting because in a way that conversation is, is, can be, can be, not always, can be an honest one. Because you're like, okay, well, I feel like I need to have my needs met by more than one person. I can have different emotions with different people, different types of emotional intimacy, rather than I'm just going to cheat on you, which is not a discussion. Yeah. It's just because there's no agreement. At least in the polyamorous um, group, there's a discussion. Yeah. 
on some level about what's permitted, what's not, whatever. So is that worse, really? I mean, there's a lot of frowning yeah, on this yeah, group, right? Yeah. But I'm just like, is it really worse? Or is it just more yeah. more honest? It takes, in some ways, more courage to talk to your partner yeah. about what it is that you need and what it is you want. Because then the other person to say, well, am I not providing enough for you? Yeah. Right? And then there's all this hurt and all this sort of stuff. And can you hold the space for multiple people? And what, what is it like to possess and to own, right? Do you need to have ownership over someone? I'm not saying this is the right way. No. I am not advocating for yeah. it. Yeah. All I'm saying is this is a rising movement. And is it necessarily bad is all I'm yeah. pointing out. Yeah. So I think intimate relationship has a lot to do with safety more than it has to do with love. And it certainly, and it also has to do oftentimes with control rather than freedom. You know, and expansiveness yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not saying it always is that way. Yeah. I'm saying it can be that way. And um, a lot of people fight for um, their partners when things are splitting because they're losing their sense of security and who they are, and, you know, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily bad, but it's like, what do you, yeah. what do you really? So instead of focusing on the loss of a partner, focus here. Here, can you make yourself? Can you release the distortions? Can you um, see yourself, you know, release whatever you need to release? Feel more complete in yourself because that other person really, I mean, we can blame them, but really that's not the problem. It's really our incompleteness as being mirrored in someone else. And it's easy to blame the other and it's harder to look here, right? Without judgment, without self-flagellation and the I suck and all that stuff that can get triggered and the shame and the guilt. But like, okay, well, where am I looking, you know? I had this client who began work with me and she came to me because she had um, just been through a very extraordinarily painful divorce. And um, um, her ex had started a relationship with another woman who was a friend of hers. And she was really terrified of losing her daughter to the new, well, m- the new uh, woman, let's just say. Yeah, exactly. And. You know, it's fascinating. As we began work, it was all about this and her loss and her pain and all this stuff. And after a few sessions, she said to me, Karen, I just had the biggest breakthrough. It was amazing. I realized, one, that part of what my challenge was is I was, I felt so low self-worth that I was always pushing him away from me. It was like I was testing him to see if he would leave me. I was always pushing him, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And finally, he left. So I'm taking responsibility for what I did, for what my, for my role was that is. And now I have this freedom. She said, I, it was amazing. I, I let my daughter spend time with them and I let her go and I felt peace and calm and a knowingness that it was all okay yeah. and I'm not losing her. I'm not losing her. Oh. And what they have has nothing to do with me. They're not thinking about me at all. Yeah. It's not to hurt me. Yeah. They're not even thinking about me. They're having their own relationship. Her liberation, huge. Wow. Because it wasn't about them anymore. Yeah. It was about her experience. Yeah. So I was so, so ecstatic when I read that because it was like, yes, good for you. Wow. Good for you. This is oh. your own freedom. I think another situation that comes up quite often that can be quite challenging is when you do when you do have a relationship where you do have children involved and so often you hear well we'll stay together for the sake of the children yeah it's a tough one and you know children are pretty perceptive yep they are 
And is that the type of environment you want to create for the children, you know, to grow up in that? And so, yeah, this this topic is really tough. It's a real difficult one. Yeah. Yeah. But but I think I think the essence of it is the fact that here once again is it it comes back to you. Yeah. And do you have truly an intimate relationship with yourself? Yeah. And if you do, like wow, you've got something to bring to the table. Yeah. And if that other person is in that same situation, yeah. boy, that's yeah. that's that's wonderful. Yeah. And if you can, over time, just allow each other to keep growing, however that looks, mm-hmm. maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, it can be a tremendous opportunity for transformation and acceleration because in intimate partnership, it's such an intimate mirror, right? Uh, That's where you really uh, get to see your stuff. Oh, oh the mirror. yes, the mirror. And it's <laughs> so <laughs> close. Hello there. <laughs> Right? And that person knows you really well and can push you. It's fascinating. And so it really, I mean, it can be really a, a way for there to be accountability, right? Where we yeah. kind of wiggle away from our own accountability. Someone else can be like, oh, I, I'm noticing that you are avoiding this little situation over here <laughs> or that you're triggered around this or that you're whatevering. I'm noticing that. Okay, I'm just going to let you be. And you know the wonderful thing about intimate relationship sometimes it's really hard is to let the other person do their thing you're like wow you're going through that detox you're going through this like crisis of con- like identity or whatever it is that you're doing you're like man that's yours and I'm going to hold space for you and man it's tough you know it's out of respect of them of their journey that you don't meddle you're like oh god it's hard to live with you right now but Okay. <laughs> and, you know? and, and just naturally, if you're living in the same household together yeah. and you don't feel good, chances are the first person you're going to attack yeah, exactly. is that the one the closest, closest to, to you. you. And so to be able to kind of hold that space yeah. and allow that person. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. not be abused or not, exactly. not sacrifice yourself. Exactly. But just... Yes. Like you say, just very gently, just hold, hold up, up the mirror and mm-hmm. say, you know, I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to look at what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And, and the space. Yeah. And the space to move through whatever you're moving through yeah. and to not meddle. See, the thing is, you know, when we love people, we like to get in there and think like, you should do this, you should do that, it's better to do this, you know, because we want the, the best for them. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> familiar with this. So, and I mean, who isn't, right? No, and yes. um, and then to just be like, you know, the most respectful, loving thing I can do for this being is to hold my ground and let them be, let them do their thing. It has nothing to do with me. It is theirs, their journey alone. Even if we're sharing space, yeah. and perhaps sometimes it's better to leave each other for a little bit just you know? space just like go away i don't mean leave but you know like go on a trip or something and yeah. let them have their like yeah. time to yeah. do their own thing and i realize it's harder with kids and i understand that and space to allow the person to process because it's respectful but again this comes yeah. from this idea that we are complete in and of ourselves that we each have our own journeys because really we cannot take the other person's journey from them you can't yeah. our growth our spirit journey is ours alone mm. alone Mm. is us and pure source you can't i mean if i took your lessons if you try to take my lessons from me i would be really upset 
I'd actually be quite angry because I came here to learn these lessons. So how dare you take them from me, you know? So, okay, if, and so that respect needs to be returned, you know, and if, if, if you're paying attention. And so it can be tough though, right? When we think that we want to get in there and <laughs> middle and do, you know, have them be the best they can because we think we yeah. know better. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'd like to just tie this back sure. to the work that you do. Though, Great. Is that you do have the opportunity to help people through these challenges. Yes. And our distortions yep. may be something that's really impacting this relationship. Yes, very much so. And so the releasing of these distortions mm -hmm. allow us to get some clarity and to awaken and to become aware. Yeah. And usually it's not so much of the other person, but yeah. right, right back to the mirror. Yeah. And it's you like, know, yeah. wow, wow, this, oh, this was about me. Yeah. You know, so. it's funny. I had this woman come in. I only had one session with her. I actually two. Um, I had one session with her, and I removed some distortion patterns. And she was having real difficulty being with her husband. And um, by the second session, she goes, "Oh, I can actually enjoy him now. I really couldn't stand to be in the same space with him, but now I can enjoy him." And I thought, "Oh my, wow!" <laughs> we, we call that progress. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. And I was like, "That was that was." I I, yeah. I didn't realize how profound that was. I mean, it's a pretty big shift from oh, not being able to tolerate somebody. Yeah. You happen to be married too, yeah. and then actually being able to enjoy them again yeah. is kind of a, a pretty radical shift oh. in perception. Yeah. So I thought, well, cool. You know, that's a, you wow. know, in one session. So I'm not saying that will happen for everyone, but yeah. again, yeah. this is really something about self, and the other is just mm -hmm. mirroring this to you. But that's the bottom line of why you're doing this series yeah. is to allow people to become aware of the fact that there are, you know, resources out there that can help you through this, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. And it's really interesting because there are people who come together for short periods of time and they learn things from each other in the realm of intimate partnership, but they're not actually partnered. So they teach each other different things yeah. about being with intimate partner, yeah. but yet they're not partnered. I just had the opportunity to witness this and, to, and, to, and it's, a, it's a beautiful agreement yeah. because they are helping each other grow and accelerate, but yet they're not actually in partnership. That's beautiful too. Yeah. So it, it, like if we open the box of like, what is intimate relationship? What does it mean? How can yeah. we help each other grow? Then it becomes an amazing opportunity for transformation and yeah. awakening. Yeah. yeah. Well, Karen, thank you very much. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. 
Welcome everyone. This is the group frequency calibration on transformation and acceleration in intimate relationship. So whether you are in one or looking for one, this will help you prepare for the highest order of intimate relationship. So let's begin by taking three deep breaths whilst being aware of your solar plexus. So bring your attention, awareness, focus to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big thick bone in the center of your chest. So taking an inhale for a count of four. And whenever you get to the top of your breath, please hold your breath for a count of four. And whenever you get to your exhale, and there's no rush, you don't have to follow my voice exactly, please exhale for a count of four. And then please hold your exhaled breath or your voided breath out for a count of four. Now on your second breath, you're going to inhale for a count of five, holding your inhaled breath in for a count of five. And when you're ready to exhale, exhale for a count of six, which I realize is a long breath. So notice if you find this an interesting challenge or if you just get really uncomfortable or irritated. And when you get to the bottom of your breath, Please hold your exhaled breath out for a count of six. And what we're doing is we're stretching beyond comfort, even in our breath. And when you get to your third breath, you're going to inhale as slowly as you possibly can, whatever rate that is for you. And when you get to the top of your breath, please hold your breath for as long as you possibly can. And when you're ready, Exhaling all the air out of your lungs as slowly as you possibly can. When you've exhaled all the air out of your lungs, hold out your exhaled breath for as long as you think you can. And when you feel like you don't think you can hold it out any longer, 
hold it out for a second longer. Once you've completed those three breaths, you're going to bring your attention to the space between your belly button and your heart space. And breathe normally whilst we wait for the mastermind to gel. For those of you who are new, please note that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And I'll also be making noises on my end, so you'll hear me yawn occasionally, even though I'm not tired. You'll hear me hum. You'll hear me exhale sharply. And that's just the way that I remove the distortion patterns or move the frequencies around at this current point in time. So I invite you to use that as an opportunity to strengthen your own focus. So the mastermind has formed perfect. So now continuing to focus on that space between your belly button and your heart space. Let's ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? That question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, see, sense, feel, or become aware of a brilliance, deep, deep within your body. That starts to glow brighter. To expand. And to become even more radiant as you become even more aware of your connection only to pure source. For some of you, you'll expand past your body into the room. For some of you, this brilliance will expand beyond the room into the sky. And for a very few of you, into the stars and beyond. And on my side, I'm working on the back end to increase your bandwidth, whatever level you happen to be at.
Good. So now please bring your attention just to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. All right, so the first distortion pattern is the fear of losing control. So depending on what subgroup you're in, you're very afraid of losing control of your partner. For another, you're afraid of losing control of yourself in relationships. So you hold yourself back and you don't fully, fully allow yourself to be vulnerable or witness or truly yourself in relationship, in partnership. Um, and the other is to lose oneself to um, what is. Okay, so this is a, a, a fear around that. So there's a fear of loss of control. So let's release this because you can't have intimate relationship with yourself even if you're afraid of losing control. You'll always be confined to a certain level of safety, okay, with this running. Or a certain desire to have certainty or safety with this running. means it's hard for you to adapt or change. Or to move to something better. Even if you're aware that it would be better for you to move on. Releasing this. And the moving on is not necessarily just away from a partner or towards another partner. And moving on can be closer to yourself, okay? So moving on from your defendedness, from your stuckness, from your um, lack of willingness to be with yourself fully, okay? It could be that as well. It doesn't have to always be with other. So releasing this. And if that not, none of that makes sense to you, it doesn't matter. Really just focus on your solar plexus. And that's perfect. Still in your solar plexus. So this is the frequency distortion of um, discomfort with the unfamiliar. So you like, for most of the people on this call, you like the familiar, which makes sense, right? Makes us feel comfortable. If you really want change, you need to not have this pattern running because you're moving into the unfamiliar because you know where you're at now and you don't want it. So to move to where a new place that you want to be requires that you move into the unfamiliar, which is almost virtually impossible with this running, okay? 
So let's remove this so you can have a little bit more ease and a little more freedom in terms of what you get to choose to do. Okay, so still in your solar plexus, but we're going to increase the scope. So you're going to find the space of your lower belly, wherever that is for you. And you're going to focus on that space all the way up to the base of your sternum. Okay. This is this distortion pattern of the discomfort of being with yourself in its entirety or in your entirety. So... So this is a discomfort, a fear of, a resistance to, depending on the subgroup that you're in, an impatience with, so an inability to accept, whatever it is, not being able to be with yourself in your entirety. And so as a result, it's difficult for you to be by yourself. And it's hard for you to not want to be in relationship to distract yourself from being with yourself. So the challenge with that is then that ultimately you are always trapped into being with someone else as opposed to being okay with yourself. And you'll always attract the same kind of person because you're being driven by this distortion pattern to be with someone else. So let's just remove this so that you can have a lot more freedom And now bringing your attention, awareness, focus to your lower belly alone. So just your lower belly. Okay. So this has to do with clarity and it's, it's, it's both ends of the clarity. So meaning the ability to see oneself in relationship and how you really are. And the other is to see 
other in relationship and how they really are. Oftentimes, when we're alone, we can see ourselves and other people clearly, or some of us can. And then as soon as we become emotionally invested, it becomes very difficult for us to see ourselves or the other. And that's particularly true for the people in this group. So it gets really murky because our um, desire to be with the other person kicks in, our attraction kicks in, all this hormonal stuff kicks in, the chemistry starts going. So then we lose clarity. And that's really difficult because then you can't, you there's no anchor for anything. You just can't see what's really happening. So let's remove this. So you can maintain a certain clarity with how you are and or the other is. In relationship. And for a small subgroup of you, especially when sex gets involved, you get very, very confused. There's a lot of confusion with regards to intention and what the other person's emotional state is and how much desire you have for them and how desired you are for them. It just gets very, very murky, even more so. So I'm going to work on this subgroup along with the rest of you, but just know there's a subgroup of you that's... Actually, it's not that small. It's, it's pretty significant. As soon as sex gets involved, it just makes you a little bit blind. Okay? So let's remove this. So at least you can watch yourself and the other and see if this is something you want to continue or not. This is sort of interesting, this is showing up. So if you could please bring your attention now between your lower belly and your heart space. This is the distortion pattern for needing to be um, having, it's actually kind of ironic, it's such um, low self-worth or non-deserving of love that you either devalue yourself in relationship and put the other person on a pedestal or you want to be adored. Like you can't get enough adoration and it doesn't matter what they do, you'll never feel loved enough because you don't feel like you're worthy of love. 
So this is a pretty um, difficult frequency pattern to have running through you because it's hard to feel um, loved or um, yeah, loved in and stable in a relationship. It's like not quite enough. So let's remove this. And just as a note for those of you who f who feel like they need to be adored a lot, like they, you always are yearning for this adoration, you'll do a lot of um, behaviors to prove to other people that you're, whoever you're with adores you, you know, a lot of posting on social media and stuff about how wonderful they are to you and so on. So if that's you, uh, just notice the pattern. And please note that when I say something that resonates with you, it's likely you. If I say something that you react strongly against, like it couldn't possibly be you, it's likely you. So I invite you to be open to that possibility and to explore it. All right. So you're going to bring your attention from your groin all the way to the roof of your mouth. Groin all the way to the roof of your mouth. So. This is a very big distortion. I'm going to be quiet for a bit. So this is all of the, not all, but most of the cultural conditioning regarding what intimate partner should be. Should, should be. There's a lot of shoulds here. Okay, They should make me happy. They should have this much income. They should do all this. And if they're not doing all these things, then therefore... I or they or both of us are failing. Or I'm never going to have a partner who will bring me all those things. So this is a lot about expectation and also about societal um, conditioning, religion as well. So I can't pull all this out, but I'm going to pull out a chunk of it. Right? And for those of you who are interested in doing this a little bit more, for, more deeply, I do recommend the deep dive on intimate partnership, which is on my website. But for now, we're going to remove as much of this as possible. This is a very big, intense one that's very deep, so I can't just yank it all completely out of you. It's too distorting. So being aware of the space between the groin and the 
roof of your mouth. deep breath in, holding it for three seconds before releasing it. Good, and as we end, bringing your attention to your solar plexus, between your belly button and the base of your sternum, working with your pain body to help you integrate all that. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.